Welcome back to a Shopped and Shuffle episode of Give It To Me Straight. I'm your host, Maddie Morphosis, and on the show today, we have the Miss Congeniality of Season 12 and the walkout star of All Stars 8, Miss Heidi in Closet. You know what? That's probably the best way I've ever heard it put, and that's probably how I'm going to put it from now on, the walkout star. I see The walkout it. star, yeah. I see it. I was a breakout star the first time. I'm a walkout star this time. I love <laughs> I'm, I'm enamored with yeah, it. Yeah, a queen of many titles, many hats. All of them. Uh-huh. Minis. I just don't know if your earring's a little frog. Phineas. Phineas the frog. Oh, Phineas. Does yeah, he have yeah. a backstory? Uh, yeah, well, a fan in Brazil gave him to me. He was actually in my confessionals as well. Okay. Had a little earring. But a fan in Brazil gave him to me. It was very sweet. There's two of them. Mm-hmm. And the other one's name is Ferb. But I don't, he don't, Ferb don't like to travel. Yeah. So he stays, at, he stays at home. Yeah. But we, we do tell him about all the journeys we've had. Okay, he just like he lives vicariously through Phineas. He likes to watch. I just like saw the frog. I just noticed it, and I was like, "Is this like this some special meaning? Is this like that pet frog you had oh. back in Ramsar that you taxidermied?" No. Fun fact, though, I have a history with frogs. My grandmother grew up, and um, they put a frog in her bed, mm-hmm. and she grew up deathly terrified of frogs. So it kind of instilled a fear of frogs for me <laughs> as well. For me, it was a fear of uh, horses. Really, my grandma would always do that. Thing. They got a lot of teeth. It's like I had multiple family members. What's my grandma? She'd be like, you know, it feels like when a horse bites an apple, and they give you like a little pinch. It's like a little joke. And I was like, oh, but it made me in my head, like as a, you know, a four year old child, I barely had object permanence. But I was like, horses will bite you. Horses hurt. Could you imagine a horse biting you though? I I, I, I would would imagine it kind of similar to like Steve Harvey biting someone. (laughs) He gets kinky, (laughs) he gets into it. (laughs) I would see if Harvey gets a little too into it. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's see if it's on the (laughs) corner. See, this is on the board. You know, like bull, snakes, all that. But it's like, you horse, I'll say a horse. And I'm like, if anything's going to bite me, it's that guy. It's that one right there. Yeah. I see it, though. Mm-hmm. I can see it. They, it's, yeah, they got long faces. They can reach out. <laughs> don't trust people with long faces. And don't. Mm-mm. And don't. <laughs> long faces and ill intentions. But as I mentioned earlier, you are, you are the Miss Congeniality. Do you think you should have been Miss Congeniality, considering that you told everyone on the cast, fuck you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because all the other girls were rotted, too. Like, oh, okay, you were just the least. I was the up. least. That's the thing. I was the least rotted of a rotten bunch. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know when you see the apple and it got all the dark spots on it mm-hmm. and stuff, and like if you if there's a cut on it, you can see it peeling mm-hmm. back a little bit, and like yeah. the inside's a little brown. That's me. Uh-huh. The little brown one. You were worm free though. I was worm free. Worm free. <laughs> well, until I got home, and then, <laughs> then I got some worm in. Yeah, well, you know it's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I was doing like a little research and I realized that there's like so much overlap between us. I think you're probably the queen I have the most in common with on the season, backstory wise. Oh. Just like <laughs> backstory wise. I'm straight too. Backstory. I I'm straight I, too. I'm straight <laughs> Outside outside of the obvious. But uh, you know, for instance, like we both grew up poor, mm-hmm. small conservative town, less than two thousand people yes. in the South. Oh my god. Um, the nearest big city was Fayetteville. Oh my yeah. God, is that where you started drag, Fayetteville? No, I started drag in Greensboro. Okay, Greensboro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, both mm-hmm. had like our mother left at an early age, mm-hmm. raised by our grandma, oh fan kids, and we both got red for our makeup and it wasn't even that bad. I, and it wasn't even that bad. And that's the gag. Like, for me personally, I was on a season with almost all makeup artists. Yeah. So, of course, mine was going to look like shit in comparison. <laughs> of course. Uh-huh. 
So yeah, oh my god, but I did not realize that we had so much in common. I didn't either. I was looking at seven. I was just like, we should do a twins photo shoot after this. The twinsies, yeah, twins let's do twins. it. <laughs> I'll I'll put on like a little uh, a kitten caboodle wig, and you can put on my dreadlocks. Let's make it happen. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. You Let's know? do it. I, people haven't tried to cancel me in a minute, you know, just it's for all time sake. It's good to tr almost get canceled every once in a while. Oh, it's, it builds character. Mm hmm Uh-huh. Toughens the skin a little bit. Oh, yeah, but, but like speaking of the makeup thing. Yes. It's, I feel like on the show, whatever gets said to you or about you, people run with it, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, people reading like for the makeup and stuff. I was looking back. I was like, my makeup was not even that bad. I let that show gaslit, thinking I was like the ugliest queen this side mm -hmm. of the Mississippi. And I was looking back, I was like, I wasn't even that bad. Lady Camden didn't even, didn't even have a top lip. Not a single stitch of a lip. Like, get, look, made Reba look like she had a, a good lift uh, mm -hmm. job, honey. That's what it was looking like. Yeah. We love Camden, though. But yeah, no lip whatsoever, mm -hmm. top lip. Yeah, she, she, I mean, she's grown, but beside the point. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gotten bigger. Have you noticed? Have you seen it? Huh? Have you seen the lip? Now? I know, yeah. It, 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 it's just overlining. She hasn't even got it pumped yet. Yeah, that's the guy. It's not even an all-star lip. It's I just growth. Can't wait to see it, though. You yeah. know, she go... She's just gonna show up all I stars like Eureka level lips, mm -hmm. just full, full on. Just a cushion on her face. Yeah, you found it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> live. Uh, so, how has it been post All Stars? Like, did you find like a new influx of like fans or haters? Like, what's been the reception since okay. you left the show? Uh, for me personally, it's been overwhelmingly mostly positive. Actually, mm -hmm. thank goodness. Thank y'all all also for all y'all out there who see me and and feel me and, and understand what I was going through. So I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. There has been some people who are haters who don't necessarily like quitters. And that and that's fine. But when I think about it, it's like, I, I, I never asked someone to like me. <laughs> Just the judges. I never do. Don't even do. <laughs> never been asked them to like me. So I'll be like, if, if you don't like me or you don't like that I quit, mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you, boo. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Um, but if you fuck with me, I fuck with you. Yeah. Well, with All Stars, like you did join an elite group of queens that have walked yes. left the show. A small crew. I think it's eight now because the queen just eight, walked out eight. again. Yes, yes, yes. One of eight. One of seven when you did it. Do you, like, in hindsight, are you glad you left when you did? I am. I'm very glad that I left when I did because I was not in the right space mentally, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. And then... After I, after I quit the show and I got to watch more of the season and stuff afterwards with how the girls were acting, oh, I would have definitely had, like, broke all of, like, no. Like, <laughs> I was like, thank God I left. You're like, I, I jumped ship when I should have. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, like, there's stuff that was happening in the show, mm -hmm. the reason why you left. But, like, was there other stuff, other things motivating behind the scenes to kind of push you out the door? Yeah, well, for one, my family life was really, like, falling apart. Uh, before I even got there. Um, my grandmother passed away before the season, like a year or so before the season. And I kind of just delved into work and I didn't really check in on myself. I didn't allow myself time to heal and feel that. So I kind of just threw myself into work. And then being there in the pressure cooker that is Drag Race, it kind of overwhelmed me and it really, it fucked with my mental state as well as like being there and like long hours, no like, it's it's just it uh, was overwhelming and a lot for me for sure. And then my other my, the rest of my family was going through a lot of turmoil. Um, the last time that I was with my entire family in entirety, um, my brother pulled a gun out on my uncle. Mm. So that's how 
And that was probably like a month and a half before I left for All Stars. So, you know. Was that like around the time like your grandma was passing? My grandmother had passed a while back before that. Okay, okay. But uh, she was kind of like the matriarch of the family. So she left a, a, a big hole in the family and the hole just, it couldn't get together. It couldn't like, it just, it had been festering over the year that mm. she had been gone. I have to add that to the list of uh, similarities between us. Like my great grandma, matriarch of the family, when she passed, it was like the same thing. All turmoil. Everyone started falling it's apart. Crazy. My uncle pulled a gun out. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, it's crazy. You just you never know what. Like until that that happens, you don't know what it's like when you see your family starting to tear it itself. Mm-hmm. It's it's an ugly thing, and it's it's hard to deal with for sure. Where, so were you always a quitter, or is that like a new era you're entering right now? Oh my God, I, I think it's my new era. I think it's, new era. I think it's um, since I left All Stars, uh, like a year and some change now ago, it put me in a place where, one, it was, it was a dark place at first, but then I, I, I had to force myself to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And it forced me to get tougher skin. It forced me to stop caring what others necessarily cared or, or thought about me. And, and it's really forced me to grow up a lot more than um, where, where I was beforehand. So I, even though I hate how my run on the season ended, it did put me in a much better place in the outside world. Mm-hmm. So I have to be grateful for that. Yeah. So you took the road less traveled. Sometimes yeah. the right path is not the most comfortable one. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. you gotta take a little bumpy ride. I love a good bump, bump. <laughs> well, like as we were saying, like your grandmother, like she passed away. She was also the person that raised you because yes. your mom passed when, she, when you were very young. Mm-hmm. Where, where was your dad in all this? Um, my father, when my when my mother passed, my grandmother got custody of me and my siblings, and then my my father he was kind of estranged he was he lived like two towns over for me personally I've always felt like he being the father should put more effort into wanting to get to know me as a person versus like I should I personally you brought me here I didn't ask to be here like I should not be the one having to put the effort forward for you to get to know me yeah like I was fine being a tadpole now I gotta pay taxes right now I gotta pay bills taxes deal with people online (laughs) it's a lot I didn't ask for it yeah but you're obviously very close to your grandma but she wasn't always the most supportive of like your sexuality. What was it like as a young gay child under her roof? Well, being that she's an older Southern black woman, she was very Christian. Very we we very much were in church like five times a week easily sometimes, and it definitely uh, put a hindrance on me understanding who I was as a person and feeling like I couldn't be myself. Um, but she was, it was always, she was always supportive of me being who I was. Me being gay, it wasn't necessarily the, the it was actually more so the drag that was the, what created the most rift. Mm-hmm. She didn't care that I, she, she didn't care that I was gay. She didn't like that I was gay, but she still loved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she struggled more with me doing drag. It, I think it was easier for her to understand that I was gay because I had two uncles who were her children who were also gay. My, my mother was actually bisexual as well. And then my eldest sibling, she's a trans woman. So my family's been very queer. So she had gotten used to kind of being uh, with gay people and, and having that experience. That didn't mean she li- liked it any more than she did. So that's definitely where some of the like back and forth struggle was. Like she, I, I know this old woman, she, she was like, I don't know how about every other person in this family's a homosexual. And she's just like the most church going woman. I was like, I know she's probably confused. She's like Terry Joe. <laughs> 
Just like, where? You came out. She's like, you're homosexual. You are homosexual too. <laughs> Not you too. That's. <laughs> Yeah, but it just said like your sister uh, was trans. And a lot of people that I've interviewed and talked to, they tell a very similar story where like they came out to their parents and like the gay was one thing, but then the drag, a lot of them assumed that that they meant their child wanted to become a woman. Yes, is that Maris, what she thought because your older sister had come out as trans also? I, I think that's what she thought at first, and then when I made it very clear that I just loved to perform because originally I was a dancer and I was actually not fully trained, but I was like in the works of becoming a trainer, a trained dancer. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform. I wanted to dance around the world, but I couldn't do that, unfortunately, because I had to get a job and help take care of the family and stuff. So that's what I did. So drag originally was for me to be able to reconnect with that performer side of me and express myself in that sense. And then when I was able to express that to her, she kind of cooled off a little bit. And then by the end of it, she was actually a good supporter of my drag. And she, I remember I was going to go do one of my first pageants ever. And she was like, that makes you get the right pantyhose because you don't want them to clock you for not wearing, don't you wear them white pantyhose. I'm like, okay, girl, I'm going to make sure they ain't no runs in them. And she'd also ask like to see videos and stuff. So it was like, it was, a, she took a while to warm up to it, mm. but we got there. Mm -hmm. And she inadvertently was giving you tips from the church, like the right. like, what hoses you're wearing. White and... stockings, black shoes. Shouldn't be allowed in the church. <laughs>Growing, growing up in the South, um, as a child with a little sugar in their tank, yes. it obviously is a red flag for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, when did you start becoming more open with who you were? Um, uh, was there a period where you were actually in closet? Yes, actually, I was very much in the closet. It was hard for me in the closet because everyone else was like, "You're gay, you're gay." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Um, but I did come out my sophomore year of uh, high school. Um, I was actually I was in Winter Guard. Mm -hmm. And I was like in the bed, right? Yeah, yeah, I was in the bed. I was in the bed. Um, I was in Winter Guard, and two of my closest friends at the time, uh, Jordan Mauer and Curtis Witzeman, they probably won't see this, but uh, well, Jordan, I got Jordan, Jordan's a homosexual, yeah, so he might see this. Oh, you, Curtis, you don't know my demographic. Curtis is in the army, so maybe, uh, <laughs> but um. Uh, I, we were we were the closest friends and we were like hanging out and we were always like we would alternate spending night at each other's house when we were had a competition and the night they were all at my house and I, we were all in the bed and we, it was a king size bed we're just laying there and I was just in the middle and I was like y'all I think I'm bi and then just crickets for like five minutes just everyone had to digest it mm -hmm. and I was just sitting there just like I definitely should not have done this right now. Yeah. Um, but they were both like, okay. And then we just started, we kept kicking in and cutting up and stuff. And lo and behold, the very next day on the bus, everybody knew I was at least bisexual. Mm -hmm. I was like, great. And then for a week, I was hiding in bisexual. And then the next week, I was like, nah, y'all, I'm gay. I'm gay, y'all. <laughs> I'm definitely a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that, like, did you experience like um, like bullying in school because of your sexuality? Oh, God, I was bullied relentless, relentlessly, <laughs> ruthless and, and relentless. Yes, ruthlessly, I was bullied. Um, I remember the first time I was ever bullied. I wasn't bullied in first grade or kindergarten. Second grade, there was this guy, Jacob. Just hold away, you asshole. 
uh, he came. To, he was a he was transfer student into my school, mm-hmm. and we were it was we were doing a test in second grade, and it was, it was just quiet as can be. And all of a sudden, he was he's sitting in front of me. He turns around, looks at me. He's like, "Are you a?" F-? I was like, and then after that, I got bullied from second grade to to uh, sophomore year. That one kid was a catalyst. What was his he name was, again? Jacob Haldaway, who also became a cheerleader in college. But we just. Don't leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think most of the homophobia you experienced in school was made worse by the fact that you were in color guard? Yeah! No, the gag. Oh my God, I live. I look hot. Little cheek. I look adorable. Bitch, them, them sleeves were everything. They were annoying. The girls had smaller sleeves. They gave uh-huh. me these big, just, they had, they had to have mine custom made, actually. Oh. Because, like, the girls, they all got their outfits from, like, another guard that was bigger than ours, so they were mm-hmm. able to borrow theirs. They had to have the, one of the band moms make that vest, make that shirt, and I had the slacks myself. Oh, my God. But the gag is, people stopped bullying me the, when I got into dance and into color guard because I had community. And that's why everyone out there who's watching, if you're a young, gay, queer, lesbian, anything out there... Find you a community where you can be yourself, and it does get better, mm-hmm. for sure. And it doesn't, now have, that, it that, doesn't have to be color guard; it that, can be something else. It can be anything. Yeah. Find your community; it does get better, mm-hmm. truly. <laughs> but you had a lot of oh my gosh, the puberty. It hit. Oh my it god! Was? Finally, about that time. <laughs> about that time. God damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gather myself, that, lubricate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Allow yourself to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But color guard and dance, they were your only, only extracurriculars. You also were in double dutch in middle school. A little bit, a little and, bit. And you even had a brief stint doing track. You oh, track. wow. You did some digging, yeah. didn't you? Yes, honey. I um, I did do some was running. Was that when you, still, you were still in your trade era? You're like, I'm going to do sports? It was actually, it was around the same time I got into dance, too. So I was like doing a little bit of everything. It was, mm-hmm. it was very much because I didn't want to keep going to church all the time. So I had to find extracurriculars at school to mm-hmm. get out of going to church all the time. Mm-hmm. So I ran track. I did color guard. I did dance. And track was so much fun. I, I, me and my, my sister was, my other sister is uh, two years older than me. So mm-hmm. she was a senior my sophomore year. So she was running track, too. And I ran, tra- we, we'd go on a little track meets and stuff, meet all these friends. I remember... One of my first crushes was on the track team. He was a senior, Dominique Golston. Oh. You just like replay memories of him just in slow motion. Just running. Oh, the long, he was a long distance runner too. I'm like, oh my God. Miles. <laughs> Dominique Golston, if you're out there, come home, baby. I want you to come home, baby. I want you to come home. <laughs> Uh, so, like, in high school, though, you were, like, jumping hurdles both physically and, like, emotionally, spiritually. Yes. It was a, a lot for It was definitely a lot. I was, yeah. I was, it was a navigation. And mm-hmm. I made it through because my family was somewhat supportive when they needed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know about you is that you're also a huge fucking nerd. When did, when did you start getting into like D and D and stuff like that? Oh goodness! Um, well, I've I've always been a big nerd. Always been a big nerd. I did I didn't have, surprise. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. No. Uh, still don't. But <laughs> I keep a small circle. Uh huh. Um, but I got into D and D over quarantine. I've always been fascinated with 
fantasy. I've always gotten fascinated by role-playing, and those are the kind of games I always played, too. So I always wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons, but I didn't have friends to, to play Dungeons & Dragons. So during quarantine, once I moved out to L.A., I met some people that became like my my quarantine circle, and they also love Dungeons and Dragons. And we started playing it weekly. It was also just allowed me to just live and, and enjoy it. And it's, oh, I love D&D. Have you played? <laughs> I have. I actually I've been doing a stream lately with um, a couple Dragula girls, Abora, Eva Destruction. They want to get me for that. I'm hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll get to do it. Yeah, hopefully. With, with like your love of Dungeons and Dragons, like I said, you're probably one of the biggest fans of it in the Drag Race franchise. Oh, for sure. How slighted did you feel whenever you saw they were doing a Dungeons and Dragons show and you weren't invited? Mad disrespect. I said, now, Jake. <laughs> The, um, well, the gag was I'd actually had done something big to like I actually worked with Critical Role, mm -hmm. who they're also one of the uh, the big names in like Dungeons people with yeah. ex exactly affiliated with Dungeons and Dragons, and I had done that actually like shortly after I got back from quitting All Stars, um, so I had already done that, and hopefully fingers crossed. I'll be doing more with them. So I was like, you know what? It's let the, let the other girls enjoy it because I feel like most of them were on the side of learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons. I enjoy watching pe new people play it. So I was like living for it. And mm -hmm. the selection of girls that they got, perfect. Jujubee was the perfect, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having mm -hmm. fun type of girl. And the other girls were also great too. It was, it was great. I feel like they, they needed someone like you though, like an expert, a veteran. Someone to do what they're doing. Someone to be their Sherpa up the mountain of d, &D. You know, to, to steer us. Yeah. Did you have any other, other jobs outside of the gas station? Yeah, I had I had um, many, 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 many jobs. I worked at Burger King. Burger King was actually my very first you job. You were a Burger Queen. And I was. Okay. Um, I also Your first crown. It was a paper one. Honey, it was. Uh -huh. It was, I would, I, the number of crowns I, over it. Um, I also worked at a factory that did screen printing on shirts. Mm. I also worked at a hospital at Environmental Services, mm. which is the fancy word to say janitor. Uh, but the, the, the best job I ever had was selling urine. Wait. <laughs> okay. Run that back for a minute. Selling urine? Yes. I used to sell urine. Uh, back when I used to have clean, no no drug pee. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in the marijuana. Okay. And uh, so now I can't do it. Oh, it wasn't like a, it was like a freelance job. More yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, yes. okay, you weren't paying taxes. On People that. would cut. No. Okay. People would come to me. They would need clean pee for their job applications or what, or to not get put in jail or whatever. Uh -huh. They'd come that morning, pay me my money. I would pee for them or I would go with them, go across the street to a gas station, pee in a cup, give it to them. They'd have to put it on their person close to their genitalia so it would be warm because it needs to still be warm when they get there and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How long did you do that for? Uh, about five years. Oh, you you were the designated piss girl in Ramsar. I'm the reason why a lot of people in Randolph County got jobs. They're welcome. <laughs> For sure. You were the backbone of that community. Let me tell you, I was putting... I, they say pay it forward, bitch. I was peeing forward. <laughs> Staying hydrated. Had hey, to. Heidi hydrates. And it's always been in me. Uh-huh. Always. For all the jobs you had. Like, I, I, I assumed you had probably some retail jobs. Uh, being the designated piss girl of Ramser was not the one I expected. I know. Mm. Isn't it crazy? That's, yeah, that was essentially community service. You were working a non-profit. Well, Honestly. It's a profit, but... I mean, it was what it was. Mm -hmm. It was it was non-tax money. Wh which gas station were you working at, though? The Quick Check. 
The quick check. Oh, quick check. Yeah, ma'am. Quick check. Mm -hmm. I was saying like, you you give me a, a come and go vibes, but quick check. I can see quick check. I, I prefer them come and stay, but okay. come and goes are fine too. Mm. Yeah. Definitely not a Bucky's. You weren't that boost. No, girl. Could never. Uh huh. Could never. The BP uh -huh. was a dream. Like, I could never aspire to be that good. Like, no. But the quick check, it was cool. I mean, except for that one time or that other time. Most of it. It was shit. Look, I, I know it. I know even as someone that just buys gas, I've seen some shit at the gas station. What's like the craziest thing you ever saw working the gas station? One night I had just finished cleaning the bathroom. I was about 10 minutes out from uh, closing up shop. And um, someone came in. They used the restroom really hard. I was like, okay, I'll just go like touch up the seat or whatever. They left in a hurry. I go into the bathroom. There's shit on the toilet seat. There's shit on the wall. There's shit in the sink. There's shit on the mirror. There's shit on the plunger. A massacre. And I was just like, who would who would do such a thing? At the quick check. At the quick on a Wednesday. You could at least wear shit in the parking lot and, yeah. and left it in a nice little pile like I do. Yeah. Like <laughs> like like a you know, like, like a normal human being. Like a, a common, decent human being. Civilized. And I was nice enough to give him the key to go use the restroom if I cleaned it. I could have been like, sorry, it's closed. So I called my manager. I was like, I'm not cleaning this up. You can clean it up in the morning. The, and I left it. So the day you quit? No. No? Mm -mm. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? The straw that broke the camel's back was... <coughs> I actually had gotten fired from the gas station. I had closed the pizza place down five minutes early and all the pizza was already gone anyways. I'm like, okay, well, this woman comes in probably about three, two minutes before the pizza is supposed to be like completely shut down. She's like, can I get a pizza? I was like, well, ma'am, to be fair, I just closed it down and she was not having it. She was pissed that I closed the pizza down five minutes early. So she went, complained to my manager, and my manager fired me. It, I, yeah, I got fired for not making the woman pizza when Taylor, who was also working at the gas station, was selling weed out the out the bathroom, and we all knew. I don't know if people even got fired from the gas station. Yeah, no. I am a queen of many titles, as you said earlier. <laughs> like, do you think it was because of the pizza incident? Or do you think there was like some other reason behind it, why you actually got fired? Not there. If it would have been the hospital, there'd been a different reason. There was definitely reasons behind it. I think. What happened at the hospital? So there's this this one of my okay. So I worked in environmental services. It was a department. There was a head of it, and the woman underneath her was like a head of us. So the woman that was ahead of us, she didn't necessarily care for me. She was one of those. She believes in Jesus a little too strongly, and uh, <laughs> she's she's one of those. It's one of those. And um, she just did not like me. And then she lied to the department head and said I had been dusting the rooms when the people who come into the hospital were still in the room. Like the patients were still in the room. And I knew that was a lie because I never dusted. So. So there were, there was other issues, but that wasn't. That, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, bitch, I know you fucking lying. Uh -huh. But I know I couldn't say that to the boss. I'm like, boss, now, what, what, what would I look like? I'd be like, boss, I've never done that because I don't dust. Look at my duster. It's clean. I don't dust. <laughs> She's take, lying. Take, go run a finger in the room right but, now. But let me tell you, it's dusty as hell in these rooms. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> okay? But I couldn't do that. So I was like, okay, well, she got me. It's okay, though. It is what it is. Damn.
like, like leaving those jobs, you started to focus a lot more like on your drag. Like, did you have like an end goal for drag? Like, was Drag Race always the goal, or did you have like other ambitions? No, I was never real like Drag Race. I was. I always fantasized getting on Drag Race. I always fantasized winning Drag Race. Clearly, uh, one of those things happened. Uh, but it wasn't my end all be all. Like even the year I got on the show, I wasn't intending on going to the show originally. I auditioned at the last second. So in North Carolina, drag is hard to like get your drag going mm -hmm. unless you're like doing the pageants and stuff and like showing the girls what you do and this is what you bring to the table and this, that, and the third. So that's what I was focusing on mostly. I actually won North Carolina Entertainer of the Year oh, months before I left for Drag Race. Mm -hmm. So I was actually supposed to compete at nationals the week I left for for Drag Race season 12. So mm -hmm. That was that was the main focus of my my drag career moving forward. So you didn't go to nationals? No, I I had to choose between drag race and nationals. Mm. I made the wrong decision. I was about to clearly. say, yeah, Obviously. you know, all hindsight. I sh I should have gone. I, I feel like you're a very like fun performer to watch, but I feel like your charisma is really what stands out the most about you. Do you feel like your charisma in drag is what really elevated you, despite how dry your wigs were? This is what you brought me here for. You brought me here to drag me? I was just asking a question. After, I'm trying to get to know you better. After I risked my life to get here. What does that mean? I was in mug when I got in the car. I could have got mug. They were no, they were Do you know how many children I passed by to get into the car with you today? In Vegas on a Friday? Yeah, like eight. I could have got locked up if this had been another state. It's true. Why? But it's not. Risk my life. It's Vegas. I risk, I risk my life to come get dragged by Maddie Morphosis. Wow. You're being hyperbolic. I was asking a question. I'm trying to get to know you better. I'm trying to like humanize you so people can like empathize, get to know you better. Humanize. Yeah. See the person That's behind beautiful. Heidi. That's yeah. beautiful. People like you have a story and people deserve to hear it. They they deserve they do. Mm -hmm. They do. Uh what was the question? <laughs> do you feel like your charisma is like what really like your, your personality and charisma is really what like elevated you the most in drag? I do. I I I think Definitely my my personality, my wit, my 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 lovingness. It, I feel like that's what really shines through with me and really is what allows people to connect with me. Like anyone can be fabulous and put on a, a gorgeous dress or not. Or anyone can put on like the nicest wigs and things or like any like anyone can do that. What I have found is that people love to, they do love to see the more human side of you. They love to get to know the person behind it. And honestly, I, I enjoy doing that. I, I saw like a, a subtle dig there in my outfit. This is my church church. Are you talking about let it go. I, never, I, I, would I never, just came from service, but. I would never do such a thing, Maddie. <laughs>personality was a really won over a lot of the audience like on the show whenever you went to the show did you think you were going to make it as far as you did no i did not want no absolutely not i didn't think i was going to make it as far as i did i didn't think i was going to be as likable as i was because thing, like i before the show i i knew going in i was black pageant queen and we look in the past it hasn't necessarily been the the most the best well received mm -hmm. So I was very nervous going into it, um, but I just, all I could do was be myself. So that was the mentality I went in with it. And then once you realize that, yeah, I'm not winning the season, 
I kind of went into like Hunger Games mode, just last as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what my mentality for season 12 was like, okay, I'm just going to last as long as I can. We're going to do it. We're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I did. How upsetting was it when you go in, you're like, I'm a black pageant queen. It hasn't been the best for black pageant queens in the past. And then you see Jada go on to win the whole thing. I know. Well. Were you salty? Should have been me type thing. Definitely not. Um, She was definitely the girl I was rooting for out of all the Mm -hmm. girls. I was like, I remember being there and just becoming a fan of the girls. And just, she was one that I was just like, bitch, I am a, like, I appreciate drag. I see your art. I can appreciate it. And I'm like, bitch, you're sick then. And she was then and she is now. And I was living for her. Now, there were some girls there that we didn't care about. I'm not going to talk about it. Name names. Name names. You're not going to get me mad. Do it. See, I gave you Gatorade. I should have gave you some shots. You should have given me. Yeah, then I've been talking. Then I've been spilling. On the show, do you think your drag name was deserving of the hate it got from RuPaul? Absolutely not. I was I was so nervous at first. I was like, why does she hate it? And then the producers was like, she's just having fun with you. I was like, okay. She's at least talking about me. So, you know, she's she's thinking of me. And the producers are saying, you know, she's just having fun with you. So you just, you, you trust the producers. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and it's very much, it was, it was nerve wracking though, for sure. And then I was like, I don't think my name has been the worst name. I've seen some horrible names on this show. Yeah. Who do you think didn't get their name called out that you think should have? Dax exclamation point. That is a name. That that yeah. That's yeah. Uh, Calorie Kardashian. Calorie Kardashian. Uh, love her. Mm-hmm. But the name. My name got hate. Her name. I'm like, come on now, come on now. But yeah, uh, th- there there was plenty of names that came before me. I'm like, okay. Another thing that like, people obviously know you for. Some people may have noticed is your gap. Mm, is that is that something you were like insecure about as a child? Uh, no, I kind of just went with it. I was nervous about it at first because actually I didn't have a gap at first. It was like slowly. I had the Caesar being parted. No, nothing seems to be parted. Not Moses that came up in my mouth said cup. <laughs> no, um, actually, I originally I I didn't have a gap at all. I had just regular teeth like everybody else. And then growing up, we were drinking a lot of well water. And the water caused my forefront teeth to come out at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I think some of them were like, they were baby teeth, so I think some of them were falling out normally. But some of them, they all just, all just kind of just, almost at the exact same time, were just mm-hmm. gone. So when my teeth started to grow back in, these two grew in first. And they kind of just opened up. But luckily, I had a lot of mouth. So I don't have any, like, other little shift, any shifting or anything. Aside from the gap, the teeth are actually perfectly locked. Mm. So I was never really too insecure about it. And actually, I kind of galvanized behind it because with my mother passing at such a young age, I didn't really get to know her. But she had a gap, But too. she had a gap. And, I, and I've always seen my gap as, like, her for me. So, mm-hmm. But even though you didn't want to get rid of your gap, did you ever think about like getting it like resized like very like america's next top model tees i was just watching that season danielle mm. oh my god love her standing Danielle from america's next top model no i didn't even want to resize. i love how big and bold it is i i think it adds just personality mm-hmm. i think it gives me that extra uh, like if anything i'll get it wider girl just be like my grandma have just a big old gap my grandma used to, my grandma 
had all her almost all her teeth removed. So she only had like two teeth right here mm. for the longest time. And I would say that was her gap. Mm. And this was my gap. <laughs> I mean, technically, you know. So it, it was a gap. If there's a tooth on each side, it's a gap. Period. So yeah. I was like, maybe I'll make it like that. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever done, done things with your gap? But yes, yes, I do. I have many talents with my gap, actually. Um, you, I, well, I can talk about it. I actually just did something with Jimbo where I went up to Canada. We filmed some stuff for a gig, uh, for something that she's working on. Mm -hmm. And I did, I had to do like, for part of it, I had to do a talent show. And I did all things gap related, where I had to do like a whole, a whole talent show with just, with, with just my gap. Mm -hmm. So it was actually kind of country. So I have many times, I can spit things through it. I was going to ask. I can uh, paint with it, like, a, well, like paint a picture. I can mm -hmm. use my gap. It's like, I can do a lot of things. I can fit three quarters. Mm -hmm. three well, quarters. speaking <laughs> Just three? <laughs> the pinky one to join too. The one On top of like all the merch and everything you made, you also recently came out with a flashlight, a Heidi yes, flashlight. The Heidi and Closet Quick Shot. What was the inspiration for that? What, um, what was the story? Something had to like trigger that idea. Well, it was just my genius brain, really. Um, well, they approached uh, some of the girls and it was like, we would love to do a collab. And I had to think about it long and hard because I'm a Christian woman. Right. Those things, you know, we don't usually talk about. Yeah, uncouth. So, you know, very much lady in the streets, mm -hmm. freak up in the sheets. So I was like, let me think on it. So I thought about it and I was like, you know what? This could be fun. This could be something new, something different mm -hmm. for me to do. So I said, sure. However, and I need two, two things it has to be. Okay. One, it needs to be classy. Because I can't just be this old piece of trash. I can't be trashy. Mm -hmm. That's not me. Could never. Right. And then the second thing is, it need to have a gap. Period. Mm -hmm. And they were obsessed with the idea. So we did it. And there it is. And whoop, there it go. You can go get your uh, Heidi in Closet flashlight, and you can pick up your Jasmine Kennedy I'm About to Bust rag. Lord, I'm about to bust. Y'all should do a collab together. She was supposed to give me one of them, so she never did. I'm going to fight See, her. It should be like a package deal. You get like, a little discount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. We should. I'll message her. <laughs> what the hell doing? But whenever you went to Drag Race, you spent around like four thousand dollars the first time you went. Yes. When you back to All Stars, you spent about ten times that amount. Yes. With you leaving the show and the bookings you had since then, have you made that money back yet? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do not with, with that alone, yes. Patreon, I've almost made half of that back mm -hmm. too. So I'm like, I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Being in a different situation in life that you are now. What are some things you treat yourself now that you didn't get to as a kid? Oh, God. Um, like for instance, for me, it's like, I buy name brand stuff. Like, I'm not eating Twist and Shouts. I'm eating Oreos. No, um, for sure. Like, I will go name brand. Like, my assistant. I have an assistant. Mm -hmm. Gag. White assistant. Gosh. Reparations. Um, how, the <laughs> how the tables turn. How the tables have turned. But, um... He, got, he brought me some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, some not name brand Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I was like, mm, mm -mm. oh, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. But um, as far as like, I, I'm very like frugal with my money though. So I like, I'll splurge every once in a while. But like, it, the, the biggest change for me is that I can get what I want when I want it. Not necessarily do I get it, mm -hmm. but the ability to be able to yeah because so. i remember like back in the day i would my grandma would give us 40 cents for ice cream mm -hmm. when we go to school 
I would save my ice cream money so I could buy things later on the next week with like a dollar fifty. Now I don't have to do all that. Yeah, no more Nintendo. You got a PS Five now. Period. Yeah. Well, I have a Nintendo Switch too. Oh, she's she's a Switch girl. Mm-hmm. Have to be travel. Mm-hmm. What was there a moment in life where you realized how broke you were, or did you always know? Actually, the moment I realized how broke I was was after Drag Race. I was sitting at home one day and I was reminiscing. It was after my grandmother passed and I was like in my sad phase and I was just reminiscing about all the times that we had growing up and stuff. And then I thought and remembered how on some mornings during like the summer, we would get up early, like six o'clock in the morning, go to the next town over and sit in front of the food pantry for two hours to get food mm. so we'd have something to eat. And that was when I was like, oh, we were broke. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were we were struggling. <laughs> we were poor, but I think I was rich on like love. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. For me, I was gonna say, so whenever I went to a friend's house and they had name brand Kool-Aid and I realized that only the poorest people had Red. great value Kool-Aid, oh. yeah. <laughs> Good. These are red. Red. What, yeah. what flavor Kool-Aid you love? Red. 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 Yeah. I was red or blue. Mm-hmm. So I didn't fuck with orange. Only so only sociopaths drink orange. You so you drink orange? You like the orange? I prefer you red, like but orange is cute. Why would I like purple? The grape. Oh, I saw I like grape. Yeah, I'm asking. No, I didn't. Actually, grape was the one thing I you know what I hate the most though out of all the flavors? The green. Watermelon. Oh, that's like pink. I pink. hate, hate, mm. hate artificial watermelon flavor. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's so nasty and disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's it's not what a watermelon tastes like. Yeah. For me, it's like banana. Same way with banana. You don't like banana? Not artificial, but not artificial depends. banana. That's true. Like Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah, you lost me. You lost mm-hmm. me. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. On the topic of broke behavior, a moment that a lot of people know about went viral. You talked about it on your podcast, Hauling Closet. Yes, yes, yes. Was the moment that you defecated in a parking garage in Glasgow. Yeah. Well, obviously, if you guys want to hear about that story, it's a lovely tale. It's a lovely tale. Uh, but what are some other places that you defecated in? What are some other <laughs> tragic poop stories? Other than the cleanup poop, but the ones you specifically participated My in. My shit stories, they always happen on tour. Um, because it's so, because you, were you, were you that kid growing up that always had to stop at the gas station because you had to go to the potty? No, no, yeah. I'm actually, I've, I have a very good control of my bladder. It's just when we're not allowed to shit for like hours and hours, like mm-hmm. once the, once we're out of the venue, we're not allowed to go back in. We have to figure out, we can't shit on the bus, so we have to figure something else out if we have to shit. Mm-hmm. So the other time was, oh my God, this is. Disgusting. So, I was on tour last year for the Christmas tour. This is the first you're the first person I've told this to. Okay. Jasmine was on the bus, but and I think she might know about it, but I don't think I ever like told her the story. But um, we were coming up on a break, uh, right before Christmas. And Christmas we had Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off in Florida. So I flew my partner in, and I got a cute little Airbnb, and I invited the, anyone who wanted to come over, come over, could come over and hang out with us. But that morning we got in town and my stomach was not having it whatsoever. Yeah, and we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were, um, we hadn't quite made it there yet. We were on the road from the last city and I was just sitting there just taking it all in, just sitting there on the 
feeling every bump in the road. And I was like, I can't take this. So I went into the refrigerator. There was, there was an, a, it was my food. It was my, a food from last night. It was only a little bit left. So I took it. It was like a, a black bottom with the clear top. And um, I took the food and threw it in the trash can, went and put it in the toilet. And I shit in the, in the, 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 the plate. And then covered it up and, and then like close it, wrapped it up in a plastic bag and then put it in the trash can. <laughs> and then hopped off the bus and went to my Airbnb. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. And then, and we'll do it again if I have to. You wrapped it up like leftovers. <laughs> You're like, I've trained all my life for this moment. This tour life is hard, y'all. Tour life is hard. I've lived on the road for the last two and a half years almost. It's oh hard. It's rough. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> on on the on the note of that lovely story, that is the last of my cards and the last bit of time that we have before we have to rush you off to the gig. But while we were talking about that, like you said, tour life is hard, and we got tour together. I mean, if they ever booked me for one, I want to do the haters roast so bad. It'd be cutty. I want to do it so bad. It's so much fun. I know. I don't think they're going to do it in America, but they might do it back in the UK. No, they need to. Bring it on back. I want them to. Invite me. But yeah, but tour life is hard, and bowels are also difficult to deal with as well. They're struggling. So like, before you go, I want to give you a gift for me to you and to thank you for your time here today. This is, these are some portable wipes to take with you. <gasps> thank you so much. You have, they're not sponsored, by the way. No. Unless. But they could be. But yeah, just as a thank you for any other mishaps that may come along the way, whether it be like in a parking lot or on a plate, just wherever it may take you. <laughs> I shit on a plate. On a platter, yeah. In Florida. On a platter. <laughs> oh, God. Shit it on them. And I did. Shit it on them. And I'll do it yeah. again. <laughs> but yeah, Heidi, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for everyone watching. Where can people find you? What do you have going on? You have your podcast, oh your social media. I got podcasts, Hall and Closet. Check us out. Um, check me out on Almost all my social media at Hiding Closet, except for TikTok, the Hiding Closet. Give me a follow on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Hiding Patreon, where I have a lot of exclusive content that I don't post anywhere else, as well as my YouTube channel, which I'm about to start working on. I'm excited because a lot of the content that is on my Patreon that's not going to be exclusive, I'm going to move over slowly to my YouTube as well. Yeah, monetize it. I'm excited. You got to become a bedroom queen. Let me tell you something. I'm not gonna leave the house no more. Hey, honestly, like I, I'm sitting in my guest bedroom with it's the air conditioning. Movie. It's not too bad. It's not too it shabby. Don't uh, sleep on it. I'm not, no, I, sleep I, on it. Trust, I remember quarantine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And did. And did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Join us next time whenever we have somebody else. And yeah, till then. Bye. Bye guys. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, AKA Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor Margot Padilla, executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom!